Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Stephen. How's it going? Ah, uh, fine. Uh, I don't know. Just another week. I mean, <laughs> ever since about a year ago, every week's just another week, really. Uh, I thought you were going to say ever since I was born, just every week's another week. You know, I can divide my life into different eras, and there's definitely eras that feel that way, and eras that were like every day was like, like I don't know about you, for me, like high school and early university, it was like every day was like Dawson's Creek or something. You know what I mean? Like it's I don't so. Wanna wait. <laughs> it's like I don't know. I guess the the stability of life now is fun, but um, back then when like every single thing that happened in my life was like so important, and yeah, you know, I, I hope that person doesn't hate me and this other thing happened and did you hear what those two people did like there was some excitement there that uh i guess uh now that we're in a pandemic like just every little bit of social something <laughs> is like <laughs> feels so distant like a distant memory yeah oh man i mean i'm feeling that as a married person with the kid that i live with i i oh, yeah. i can't imagine people who live by themselves how they're uh they're uh, dealing with the stresses of or maybe the pleasures of not going to an office <laughs> man well i have uh i have colleagues in new york who are single and rent like tiny tiny apartments and lived through this pandemic and like i actually don't know what the situation exactly is like now but especially when things first started or whatever kind of mid last year when like new york was a bit of an epicenter and people were afraid to go outside and stuff like yeah. i don't know I, to me that would have been psychologically quite taxing i think just to be in one tiny room all the time alone yeah if, if i was back in either of my apartments in san francisco or vancouver again it would be uh th this year wouldn't have been uh, as enjoyable as it has been mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean i was uh i didn't live alone in vancouver so I mean, actually, maybe that would have made it <laughs> like yeah. in that tiny room with another person might have been yeah. um, its own set of challenges. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I do feel, uh, um, I guess, fairly lucky just because we have a, a pretty spacious place and we have like like we have the kids room in our room and then kind of like the playroom. And so I can come in here and do my thing. And it feels very uh, uh, like when I leave this room at the end of the day, it's like I've left the company I've left work and I'm going home and then the other yeah. rooms are where I hang out with the kids. Yeah. Uh, you know, that said, they love to come in and, and interrupt, of course, but I don't know. There's just, there's enough of a psychological uh, uh, separation that I can, I, I kind of have my life here in this, yeah, yeah. In this uh, condo. So, Yeah, <sighs> it, it works fairly well. I'm, I'm probably a little bit more uh, paranoid than I used to be just because like Montreal is, almost at the worst point that it's been in the pandemic right now. Uh, mm. And the, the couple times that I have gone out recently, it's like I've seen almost no one wearing a mask. <laughs> so to me, it's like I'm more interested in just staying at home and ordering all my groceries and not going outside right now because I feel like it's been so much time. Why throw it away this late Yeah, like, before I'm about to get uh, a vaccine? Yeah, yeah, I, I totally get that. I, I'm kind of the same. Um, I don't know if I'd say paranoid, but that part especially, like we're at the end of the road, right? Like why, it, like imagine getting something now. I mean, I'm scheduled for my first shot next week. Yeah, next that would week. be just like crazy. I'm, yeah, I'm, so, not, I'm not scheduled yet, but they're they're opening it up next week to people my age, so. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be able to schedule it as of uh, a week from Friday. Cool. Uh, good luck. I mean, I hope you uh, get in there quick. Oh. Uh, from the people I've talked to, I mean, in the States, like I, I think they're well ahead of Canada. Like a lot of my coworkers yeah. have already gotten their, uh, their second dose. And I guess from what I hear, it's a pretty emotional experience for a lot of people. Yeah. Like, they made it this far. Like I know people who were like literally crying getting their second dose. I also I mean, know a lot of people that got sick, so be careful. Yeah. I mean, Visual I can't, I can't, I can't imagine, um, having an emotional breakdown over it personally because i i don't do that very often but <laughs> i i feel like the stress is still going to continue for a little bit longer because like none of the vaccines are approved for kids and i have a kid so yep. it's like yay my wife and i will have reduced chances but we can still go to the grocery store and bring something home to my kid yep i know i know i mean ditto right and uh I think they're doing trials now um, for like nine-year-olds or something, which mm. I mean, you and I are still years away from having a nine-year-old or like, like I'm my, my youngest is turning four, right? Like I don't want to be paranoid crazy for five years. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, uh, it's a weird one. I mean, I know people who are pregnant right now, right? Like what, what, how's that going to work? for the next while like i i understand of course that like they always say um little kids seem pretty uh, resilient and you don't see a lot of especially like death or like long-term stuff but i don't know i'm just someone who worries all the time about everything mm. <laughs> and so uh yeah i don't know it's, it's a it's a weird place to be i don't know if i'd be quite emotional like certainly not crying emotional but i, I don't know i'm i'm weirdly sentimental and passionate about all these dumb little things so i'll probably feel pretty good about it yeah uh sh shall we try to uh i guess it's too late now that i'm asking the question i was gonna say should i tr we try to seamlessly transition into our topic <laughs> trying to think of how to seamlessly transition from a pandemic to uh to a uh, talk about uh, well, CRTs. Was, was, the remember the good old days yeah <laughs> well no i was gonna say like how do you think the pandemic would have been different if you didn't have a crt <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one i didn't think of that one i didn't think of that one I would be playing all my games with more leg and I'd be frustrated and sad all the time, man. Oh, <laughs> well, man. I mean, to, to be fair, that's that I, I felt like that a little bit last night because um, I tried playing that uh, Mega Man anniversary collection for the PlayStation 2 for the first time on an HDMI and was just blown away at how much input lag there was. Uh, I mean, we've had this conversation a thousand million times off, <laughs> off of uh, offline, off the the yeah, podcast. Yeah. But you know, I'm a big uh, stickler for for fighting the the input lag fight. Yeah, you were you uh, were like ready to have a meltdown over Shovel Knight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that man! Shovel Knight is just the right amount of. That, that's an episode in itself. I think <laughs> honestly, it, it's a it's a like difficult to perceive but just enough to cross my threshold uh, so, I, would, I would yeah so i mean for for me i i just i didn't feel it at all like i i was pressing the button and i felt like it was perfectly responsive so i think shovel knight is that that's I, whatever I, issue is there that's not even a crt issue yeah. 
Oh yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's a modern game issue with like VSync and stuff that it adds that like tiny frame of of uh, lag. And then, to me anyway, Shovel Knight, which I mean was a great game otherwise. Really, like there's a lot of things I do like about the game, and having played through it, I did enjoy it. But it's like they make the stages really challenging in parts, right? Like there's there's stages where everything's dark and then the lightning strikes and that's the only time you get to see all the little platforms and you have to kind of jump carefully across those platforms while dodging enemies and stuff. And they make the character just slidey enough that to me, like the combination of like ju that just slidey enoughness with the level of challenge that they've set up with the stage design with that one or two frame lag, especially if you are someone who plays a lot of old games and is used to that, like just split second like boom responsiveness was just enough to just be like so frustrating every time i died because he like slid an extra pixel or whatever right mm. and especially because i played cyber uh cyber shadow right after um i mean you know cyber shadow wasn't like you know it's a modern game it has v-sync everything but like i just felt like i guess maybe they designed the game around that a little better like i just didn't feel it in cyber uh cyber shadow which is similar to like when you read uh, the postmortem or the design notes on, I think it's Celeste, and they go over all the little things they did to make it feel a little more fair, where like you're allowed to jump, even if you you've been off the platform for one pixel, you can still jump before you fall. Yeah, all those Coyote little things. Time. Yeah, like I think they did a little more of that in Cyber Shadow. It just it it was they did a better job of masking that that let just like just enough to mask that feeling of lag to me anyway i'm i'm i seem to be more sensitive than every other person on earth i guess yeah. and which i mean goes back to how if you do take a modern game and pipe it through an hdmi signal for me that's like an entirely lost cause yeah so i mean that's that's the thing for me that's maybe it's hard to remember what cot's are like because the last time i played on one it was with a playstation 3 and it was in uh, it was like six years ago, so I'm I'm kind of at the point now where I just I I've kind of forgotten. <laughs> you know, I've I've thought many times like I should do that. <laughs> I should just like <laughs> stop playing on a CRT, and over time I'll just forget and yeah. not care anymore. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Um, yeah, I mean I had a conversation. Not so recently, but um, with one of our uh, common colleagues. Our mutuals. And, yeah. Um, and we were uh, talking about something, some some game on the NES or something. And they made a comment basically like, I think they were playing it on a like on an emulator or whatever. And then I was saying like, it looks kind of awful and there's all this lag and stuff. And they were saying like, you're just, you're remembering things wrong. Like you're remembering things uh, better than they were. And, you know, just chill, man. Trust me, it really was this bad back in the day. And the thing is like, for me, it's not like this This era shift or whatever never happened, right? Like I've always had a CRT by my bed with my Nintendo set up. Like it's, it's, I'm not misremembering, right? It's it's like telling you you misremember like your parents or something. Like, well, they're still alive. I'm still talking to them, right? Like that, that never happened. <laughs> so uh, I've never lost that sensitivity, I guess, if that makes sense. Which yeah. is not some weird, I don't know, boast or something. It's just I, I'm just used to that that split second responsiveness, so. Yeah, I mean when when you're I mean when you're used to PlayStation 2 era and up games yeah. and like there's just when you're using an HDMI signal there's lag and and like every game since then has been built kind of with that in mind like you mm -hmm. Dark Souls or Bloodborne or whatever like it's not 
designed for instantaneous reactions when you press the button. So it's just mm-hmm. when you do go back to playing like Mega Man 3 and it's emulated, it feels good enough. Like you, you, you kind of learn to just cope with having to predict <laughs> when things are happening and press the button that slight little bit early. I'm biting my lip, but yes, I get it. I totally but, get it. <laughs> but but it's like, I remember at one point I went to your place and played on a Nintendo, and it was the first time I'd played on an actual Nintendo in probably four years or so. Mm. And I remember struggling trying to play the game. Like, the timing felt off. And I, I wish I could remember what game it was. I, I remember it was one where we had to like climb up ladders. It was almost like the level looked kind of Donkey Kong-ish, I think. And you had to like jump over a gap and like inflate a balloon or something. I don't know. But mm, okay, yep. At least that's what my memory tells me it was. <laughs> but <laughs> um, but it was like just timing that jump. I just couldn't do it, and it felt so stupid to me. So. You can imagine how I feel because I think we're going like there's a there's like a, a border here and you're crossing it one way and I'm crossing it the other way. And yeah. why I always have this <laughs> frustration, um, which I mean, I, we we are probably a dying breed or certainly a dying breed because I mean, things have just moved on. So uh, it's hard to like <laughs> justify trying to go back to to my way, if you will. But um, yeah. I don't know. I just think it's it's. I don't know how to explain it. Uh, to me, it's just better. It's like more pure, which sounds ridiculous. But like, just imagine like, I mean, I know you don't give a shit about sports, but like if, if you had like <laughs> some some uh, like target practice, like some sports where biathlon or something, they use the gun and they shoot the target or something. And like, just at some point in time, all the manufacturers for that gun, they just like introduced like a minor delay and everyone had to like play their sports slightly differently. Like, it's just weird to me, kind of, you know what I mean? Like, your interface to the ability to play the game is now permanently different. Yeah. And all you can do is kind of shrug and say, and get used to it. But like before to me, like having zero input lag at all, I mean, yes, you can get used to having input lag, but um, having zero, totally zero input lag seems inherently better. Um, Well, it's like, it's like I I was watching a video, um, like I, I tried to play the Mega Man collection from PlayStation Two, and mm-hmm. and I've I've already I think I'd mentioned in one of the previous uh, podcasts that I had just played uh, Mega Man four, five, and six earlier this year. So I was like, all right, ready to move on to seven. Mm-hmm. And seven was where they switched to the the Super Nintendo, so that it was kind of different tech. And I don't have the original Super Nintendo copy around. I have the PlayStation Two copy. Mm-hmm. And I guess whatever they did in that, they they changed the resolution from 240p, like progressive scan, to 480i interlaced. Mm-hmm. And their process for doing that doubled the amount of input lag. <laughs> Internal to the game? <laughs> or yeah. Is the PlayStation unable to... I mean, yeah, that's... There, there's, I would there's, find that intolerable. For Yeah, so it's like I'm playing and I'm like, wow, this input lag is terrible it's like there's a very noticeable i press the jump button i let go and then i jump yep and i was like this is awful and so i started looking into it because i I know they've re-released all the Mega Man games uh, as a collection for modern consoles as well Mm -hmm. because you know playstation 2 is not modern anymore um 
And so I'm looking into it because I'm thinking, all right, well, I kind of like to be able to play this game. I know they did a good job with DuckTales uh, porting that. They probably did a good job with this too. But it turns out they've doubled the input lag again from the PlayStation 2 to the modern console. So if you're playing on a PlayStation 4 and you play Mega Man X1, you're going to experience eight frames of lag. That is intense. That would be beyond it. That's not even like sometimes I pop in a game when I know like just on like a, a on an emulator or something and just to test it out. But I don't even know if I could stand testing it out <laughs> if it yeah. had that much input lag. Well, the, so I mean, that's the thing is I just like looked at him like, OK, well, if I'm in, not enjoying it on the PlayStation 2, there's no point in buying the new version because it's going to be like twice as bad. Yeah, that's awful. I uh, I mean, this is a huge issue for me. I I understand modern games are like designed for it, but even even the games that are designed for it, I'm at least slightly conscious of it. Uh, like I was playing Red Dead Redemption Two. What was it last year or whatever? And uh, I mean, it's very much a game that is designed for it, just the way it moves and just everything, right? Um, and so is any modern game like that. But I don't know. I just I can just kind of feel it and i think it's just because i play so much older games it's like i'll spend like 30 minutes playing some some whatever right like some game that requires like really precise inputs and then pop over into uh red dead redemption 2 and it just feels like i'm swimming through molasses a little bit Mm. and that's really every game i'm not picking on them particularly and i think actually they did a very good job of uh as you said designing around it it's just very obvious if you're if you're kind of bouncing back and forth um, and that's why I think like a lot of these modern, um, like there's a lot of uh, uh, re-releases of older games or like these like Mega Man collection or that kind of thing. Um, I don't know. It's like they have to take special care to do it right or it just comes out really poorly, right? And yeah. I feel like a lot of these companies just slap them together and release everything together. And so it has made me very uh, hesitant to buy those collections generally. Like I have to at least first look into it and see if, other people are complaining about the lag or if there's like a demo of some sort tested just because I just really don't trust them at all. Mm. So it's, it's, I don't know. It's weird. Cause some of that is like, I, f- I haven't played red dead, uh, but mm-hmm. I have the impression that it's a little bit like the old Prince of Persia game where they designed a lot of it to have like this nice fluid animation and you don't get to change your action. You don't get to animation cancel. I guess to some extent, yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's like GTA or any of those games too. There's going to be parts where that's not quite the case. Like you can kind of, you can go into like slow-mo, what are they, like bullet time mode kind of, and like pick all your targets. And it kind of requires more precise-ish control at that point. And I think at that point, that's about as good as you're going to get for like more like um, responsive control by design. But yeah, the rest of the game, just normally like running around and punching people and whatever is definitely um, leaning towards more of a fluid animation type of thing for sure. So so are you, uh, I know you play uh, a lot of Smash Bros. Or I, I was, have have recently. I was uh, going to bring up Smash Bros. actually. That That's uh, that's still a community that's largely on the CRT bandwagon, right? Well, it has to be. I mean, if you look into the way the pros play, there's so many like frame perfect move sequences and frame perfect 
whatever like button combinations that result in the character moving in a certain way to have them be in a certain place at a certain time and with any leg that's just out the window right um it's just inconceivable that you could you could uh play at that high level without the rawest form of like zero leg uh input output whatever and so it's funny because if you look into like here in 2021 that community um, acquisition of CRTs is actually a big thing they struggle with now because as CRTs get scarcer and scarcer, there's simply no replacement, right? Um, I mean, I find it, I find it sad. Like every time, every now and then, I'll walk down the road and I'll see someone's thrown out a CRT, <laughs> and yep. and it's just like, I remember there was a time when I, you would see them on the road and there would be like a sign on it that says "Still works, take me" or something mm-hmm. because it's like, you know, the person upgraded their TV, but the TV works it's just huge and they have no space for it anymore yeah yeah but but now it's like a lot of the time when i see those it's like people vandalize them yeah there'll yep. be like graffiti or something on it and it's just like it, no it, it hurts. It hurts. <laughs> i'm actually part of a, a facebook group um for uh like crt hunting if you will and it's like people who like take pictures of crts they see by the side of the road and post them and they're like this was the, at the corner of third and fifth get it quick and all this stuff um, and a lot of it is like, it's not like, you know, um, one actually showed up at the shop. Wow, let's go get it, guys. It's almost like, let's rescue these things because they're going to get rained on. They're going to get like smashed and kicked and vandalized and whatever. Um, and oftentimes it is a case of like, look, I found this TV. Someone, it looks like it's in bad shape, but get it before it gets worse kind of things. right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I get, especially like if you're not into games, uh, like if you're just into film or something like CRTs are so, you know, like infinitely superior, uh, sorry, inferior to like a modern TV, which is lighter and thinner and nicer and everything. But like for this, this one use case, specifically these older games, it's so, I don't know, it's like, for me anyway, such a part of my, uh, my, my kind of growing up and the, uh, it's a hobby I still like. So to see that just vanish is, uh, is really sad. Um, I, I do like the, uh, we're kind of starting to see more it seems like a big indie effort, but like in terms of like upscalers and stuff, there seems to be a lot of uh, breakthroughs recently that I'm excited about um, and looking forward to. Uh, I don't know if you follow any of that at all. Not really. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm a very cheap person. So I tend to try to, when I'm researching stuff, look for like, what's the cheapest option? Does it have bad reviews? <laughs> And then I just like keep upping the amount of money until I find something that's like got few enough bad reviews that I can live with it. It's funny. I'm I'm like that for it depends. I don't know if I'd say most things. I, it dep- like I'm selective, I guess. Where if something's really important to me, I'm totally not like that at all. But then if it's not super important to me, that's kind of the approach I take. And like where, especially these like whatever classic games is kind of my main hobby in my life. I t- especially recently I've been. Uh, less hesitant to just throw money at it to make it perfect. Um, you know, reasonable amount of like, like research instead of just buying the most expensive thing. But, but um, uh, as far as upscalers recently, uh, they have come down in price and gone up in quality, which is fantastic. So uh, I remember about five years ago, um, was it five? I don't know, six, seven years ago, I bought a, a Frame Meister. Did I ever show you that thing? I don't remember. Yeah. I don't um, think so. 
Okay, well, it's an upscaler, and it was the best at the time, and everyone loved it. And it introduced about one frame of lag, which was too much for me, of course. And I just, <laughs> I just, ah, like most people on the internet were like so excited about this. <laughs> but anyway, um, it, effectively, you could, you know, plug in your uh, your red, yellow, white into this box, and then it yeah. put a DVD signal, uh, an HDMI signal, and you had pretty close to uh, like a, you know, high fidelity whatever experience playing on like a modern TV. Uh, and it had a few little options to like introduce scan lines and change the colors a little bit. Um, I, to me, it was like, I don't know, it had, I, I mean, I had my CRT in the room with me. Like I would always just play with that, of course. So the only way I would ever switch over if, is if it was perfect. So it just, just wasn't good enough. And it always frustrated me. But recently, um, there's a couple options out there. There's the retro tink. I don't even know how you're really supposed to say that, uh, but that's the one I have right now. And then there's this other one called OSSC, which is Open Source Scan Converter, I believe. Um, that second one is like this fairly hefty box with like a bunch of like exposed electronics. Like it looks really hackery. <laughs> it looks really kind of fun to play with actually, but um, it's a little more expensive. Um, but, uh, and they're coming out with a pro version of it soon. So I was kind of holding out to buy the pro version of that one. Yeah. Um, but I did buy the retro tank, which I don't remember how much it was. I don't think it was like, it's not like $5 or anything. It's probably like a, I, I can't remember it all. I shouldn't guess. Uh, I don't know. It wasn't too much. And it effectively, like it's very, very close to what I want. Actually very, very close. Definitely um, sub frame delay. So zero delay. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and pretty good video signal, pretty good everything. As far as delay goes, it's actually an excellent option. And I was very happy with it. But just there's just something that's just a little off for me still. I don't know. I just I, I maybe I'm I'm being crazy perfectionist about this, but I see them getting so close. Um, it's weird because if you've ever lined up a CRT against a modern TV, um, and like uh, pipe the same signal through both of them, so like the same game or whatever, right? It's just, I don't know, CRT is like the contrast is beautiful and these old games just, maybe it's just because that's what I'm used to, like how it looks on a CRT with all the little scan lines and, and distortion at the edges and all that stuff. <laughs> well, the, well, I mean, I've I've been taking a little bit more note of that recently. There's a, a Twitter account uh, at CRT Pixels. Did you send that to me or did we find it independently? Because I think I have the same one where they compare the... Like I I know game. I have sent it to you. I don't know if you found it independently as well. Okay, well I'm I definitely f like follow that as well. <laughs> but and... but it's it's like it's it's amazing when you look at some of the stuff because I mean I, like I said I've barely I haven't played a non emulated mm -hmm. NES I think since like 2010. Yep. So. So it's it's weird when like I'm now so used to the modern pixel look where everything is like super chunky, yeah. Uh, and and the, you, your brain has a way of just accepting that that's the way it is. But then when you start looking at these things, it's like I've never enjoyed uh, scanline filters in emulators. Like to <laughs> me, it's just like adding a dark line on top of stuff, and it's like it 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 feels wrong. It doesn't feel like it solves the problem. Like the pixels are still chunky, but now they've just got a weird dark line over them. <laughs> so, but 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 on. looking looking at this Twitter account, it's like eye opening when you see like how some of this stuff looked 
then versus now when it's like because it, it's someone who's taking photos of their CRT and you get to actually see how stuff blends together. Yeah, well, again, that's that's me. I'm I look at that every day because I have the CRTs, right? And then I can I'm I'm that guy too, where I'm seeing that every day with like different like you can easily load an emulator of some game yeah. and play the game beside it and be like, wow, they look totally different. Um, I'm I get what you're saying with the scanline uh, uh, emulation, uh, but like for me, I find so many people are I think yourself included, which is fine, but like so many people with like pixelated games. Like if you play, I don't know. Well, I mean, it was the same with uh, Cyber Shadow, I think. But like you're playing a game on an emulator, and no one really cares about this. They're happy to just have the raw um, um, image shown on the screen, and so it's like the extremely blocky characters, yeah. <laughs> and that's fine, I guess. But to me, like it never looked that way. Like that's not how it looked. It was always blurry, and it kind of yeah. Like the account, the Twitter account you're talking about, I think demonstrates that perfectly. Where it's like some of these older games, yeah, they were. We all remember them as being super blocky and like. You know, like on The Simpsons, when Bart would play a video game, it would be like super blocky. Like everyone knew that was what video games were like. They were just these blocky things. But like, <laughs> I think people exaggerate that a bit in their mind or they just, you know, they just don't mind it. Like I like pixel art too, right? Like you go on yeah. the, the pixel art subreddit and I'm not asking them to, to go and blur their images or anything crazy. But if you are trying to uh, like capture that that classic look of that game as much as possible, you're not doing it. And again, that's well, fine, but... It's 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 hard with filters and stuff because I don't know like every TV was different and like everyone's distance away from the TV was different and stuff so your your perception of how blurry it should be or how much like chromatic aberration and stuff there should be is different and also people even back then a lot of the time would like I mean like when S video came out that was a big deal because it's so much nicer and cleaner and so you had the people that actually had some S video converter or something and they were playing yeah. things through S video and for them that their memory of playing games at the time, you know, it, it looks different. It looks nicer. It looks kind of clearer, more crisper yeah. uh, than a lot of people, um, which I get, but like, I think you could generalize on a standard somewhat, right? Like most people didn't have that. Most people did play with blurry televisions of X level of quality at X distance to some yeah. extent. Right. And like to what you're kind of to the point you made that modern games, are more designed around this this lag a little bit. I think back then, like when people um, made the the uh, the artwork for games, or like the visuals for the game, they made it for that that kind of te that technology in mind, right? Yeah. And so, I guess part of it for me is just trying to, like, I mean, the, when the people created these games, that's what they they created it for that experience. And so that to me is kind of the real like not getting too artsy snobby or whatever like that's just like the intended experience so i just want to recapture that as closely as possible i feel like if i was like a game developer back in the day and spent all this time trying to make this perfect game as much as possible and then nowadays when people play it they like stretch it into this awkward aspect ratio on the screen and they like it like it doesn't look like it it should i would be quite upset i think well it felt weird for me because i was doing um i mean going back to the the Twitter thing that I was just talking about, uh, you can see side by side, there's a huge difference uh, between the images. Like there's mm -hmm. a Batman one where you look at it and on a, on a HDMI, um, 
like signal. raw pixel signal. It's mm-hmm. it's these distinct blocks that have like dithered pixels, like a little checkerboard pattern. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the CRT thing, and that checkerboard pattern's just not there at all. Like you yeah. don't see it. It it blends together, and it looks like this nice soft shaded thing. And recently, I was making pixel art, right? Yeah. For for an authentic NES, but I don't have a CRT, so it's just weird how like I don't have an exact knowledge of what this thing looks like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because sometimes like it would it can distort and not look at all like what you would think it would look like, which I mean yeah. you're probably well familiar with, but like something that you would draw out as like a circle or like maybe like a face that's just small enough that like certain features of the face are represented basically by like a single pixel which is kind of just a shade shaded point in the in the face or whatever and you put it on a crt and it's like that pixel either fades out of existence or like is way more prominent than it should be or something like just little things like that yeah which i mean that's what i mean though like the people who designed the games back in the day would have been dealing with that and designed around it and now that's just all out the window and so yeah yeah, someday I should get a CRT so that I can see what that pixel art looked like that I made. <laughs> I'll send you some pictures. <laughs> Ooh, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's I don't know. It's important for me, I guess, and uh, it's been a fun journey. Like, there's been frustrations, but I've I've enjoyed generally trying to make it work. Um, one thing I'll say, they just came up with the Retro Tink uh, Pro. I guess I think is what they call it. Um, which is like the next generation of the one I do own. And the thing with the one I do own, going back to the scanline emulation thing, it actually has a scanline option. And what it does is if you turn it on, it blacks out every second line, Mm -hmm. which most emulators and stuff, like that seems to be the default way to do scanlines. But if you look at like the real signal, which I mean, we'll just look at the uh, CRT Twitter account, like maybe the actual television was only broadcasting a signal on every second line or whatever, but, but, like or like physically distance wise but um probably because of the the bleed from pixel to pixel where it it just you don't get this perception that every second line is pitch black well no it's like i mean it's little tiny things that are lighting up and and there's a glass screen right like like there's going to be color bleed between them yeah and 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 it's it's like where those scan lines are like it's it's different from tv to tv tv mm-hmm. i'm looking at somewhere it's like tall pixels and somewhere it's wide pixels and whatnot depending yep. on the region but where it's like the bright colors versus the dark colors it's like the dark colors there's less light so it looks like a thicker scan line but the white colors bleed together more and it's a thinner scan line look yep the thing is with an emulator that's powerful enough or whatever you could have a some sort of filter set that accounts for that right <laughs> like yeah. um uh what what i'm actually satisfied with it might not be for everyone it might not be for you um look at for example even like snes ZSNES has this probably most mm-hmm. emulators nowadays do but like it has partial scan lines or i don't know what they call them exactly but it has effectively yeah. scan lines but then you can set the amount of darkening so i was yeah. turned on 25 percent scan lines and it's like every it would darken it 25 percent versus what the signal, the normal color would have been. And to me, it looks great. It looks very much like the old, uh, like on a classic CRT to me, um, certainly enough that I'm happy to set it and be, be done with it and not worry about it anymore. No scan lines looks a little off. Pitch black line, I hate. Um, 
And so uh, on the older RetroTink, the one I have, you have no option. You have no scan lines or you have pitch black every second line. But the new one, um, uh, they don't have it now, but I ping the guy and I just asked, like, do you, are you capable? Are you thinking about it? And I, I guess they have the ability to. So he was basically like, you know, stay tuned. So I will actually probably pick that up if they implement that, because that was the last hmm. piece of the puzzle for me. There you go. There you go. Uh, <laughs> so, so, I mean, your group that uh, looks for all the CRTs off the side of the road, is, is there like particular TVs where people are like, no, don't bother with that one. It's garbage. And other ones where they're like, oh my God, this is a rare find. Hop on it. <laughs> There's definitely CRTs people call out for their quality. Um, I mean, Sony was always famous. I mean, I think it's kind of one of the things that made Sony famous actually was the quality of their, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> their televisions back in the CRT days. But uh, like the, the original Trinitrons were really good. Their Vega series was really good. Um, their their uh, series of broadcasting televisions, so like the PVMs, I forget the other one, DVM or something. Um, I actually have some of them. They're extremely expensive, and they're basically the highest quality CRT known to man, humans. Um, these things are like ridiculously expensive, like a good one that is whatever, kind of like 25-inch screen size is like $1,000 or something. Mm -hmm. um and they they were mostly used by like television stations and stuff so now the best way to get them is when you have like a tv station that's liquidating all its old junk out of its its back storage or something um i don't think i've ever seen one of those by the side of the road they don't tend to just get put on the side of the road i actually people might still have them probably know that they're good enough quality not to do that exactly or like people who have them know that they can sell them right um I got mine actually from uh, some guy who, I forget what his job was. He was like like a reporter or something. And so he had connections at this TV station and then they got rid of theirs. And he gave me his like secondary model he didn't need. Or he, he like got a few of each model and then he gave me one and sold the rest and kept the best one for himself. So I actually have two of them, which I don't know what I could sell them for. <laughs> Probably a good bit, but... Um, they definitely are great. The thing is, the ones I have are quite small. I have like the, I forget, actually, 13-inch, I think. Um, and so I don't generally use them because I have a, a bigger t- CRT that I like. Um, but uh, you can certainly split it up by, by company, too. Like uh, back then in like the 80s, I mean, Samsung, for example, nowadays, I know they're like the gods of TVs with, uh, with L- uh, LG or whatever. But back then, they're kind of a lesser brand in the CRT era. So like... Samsung wasn't great. Zenith wasn't great. I mean, really, I think nowadays people will take anything, <laughs> but um, probably Sony are the are the ones people really stick out for. They're certainly the ones I've had the most success with. Um, there's Toshiba models also that I really like. The 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 Zenith TV is what I grew up with, and and to me that's got a nostalgia all on its own because it was like this big wooden cabinet <laughs> that that was like one part uh television one part like bookshelf because <laughs> it's like you could totally just put uh, stuff yes. on the top of it <laughs> um that's you're getting into why i actually use my vega tv instead of the the pvm is because it's it's clearly worse but it's also clearly what i remember right which again i'm sure game makers of the time normal households didn't have pvms they had these crappier ones and so people they made the games with that in mind and so i don't feel like it feels fine to use it. I don't feel like I'm shortchanging myself. 
Um, yeah. I mean, maybe a Zenith, Zenith, however you want to say it, is fine too. Uh, I didn't have that. I, I looked down on that brand growing up because I was a, <laughs> a snob. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I remember uh, when. I, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember when they stopped making CRTs, like totally none at all in the whole entire world well, that, well that's what i was just about to say is like i i, I wonder if this is going to end up being like polaroid where in another few years people are going to be like this was amazing why did we give this up we need to start manufacturing it again because <laughs> uh, it's it's like yeah there was, there was a company called impossible project which decided to start rekindling the instant camera and mm -hmm. and making film but the formula for the film had been lost, so they had to just like invent it all over again. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I think there's. I've actually heard people. There's like kind of some calls for that, but I think with CRTs, there's probably a lot more uh, hurdles to overcome. I mean, it's like especially if you get like a good quality CRT, the manufacturing process, like the nature of the factory you would need to set up, where yeah. where it's obsolete technology. Like you'd, you'd have to have like a huge company invest a lot of money to do it really well. And yeah. it's not profitable and it's bad for the environment. <laughs> it's just one of those yeah. things, right? Which really sucks. Um, plus, I mean, they'd never do it just for like those retro gamers or whatever. No. Um, <laughs> and that's the thing. I, I don't think too many people who currently are watching like 4K movies and stuff care about having that port it to a CRT. Yeah, not too much, right? Um, it's... I mean, I'm actually, it's inevitable that there's going to be a world where there's no CRTs. And so I, I've i very much warmed up to the, like, getting, like, the perfect upscaler. Um, especially, like, I mean, look at people like you or, or me as well, increasingly. But, uh, like, where we, you know, move a lot or we just want to have very few things in the house. Instead of having this huge CRT beside your nicer TV or your modern TV, what if you could have this little tiny thing that you just hook up all your, if you have retro game systems or whatever, you just hook them up to the, the, the modern TV and you're done and you don't worry about it, right? Like, even if purists like me continue to be pretty kind of sad, bummed that CRTs are going away, uh, I think having that option is fantastic. And so that's something I'm actually really excited about. Um, if this pandemic ever ends or, or whatever, like it'd be, I, I would happily show you the, uh, the retro tink stuff. It's actually really cool. Um, I'm looking forward to the, uh, if they do add the scanline stuff to the, um, to the pro version, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things lost, uh, lost art. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was largely, yeah. Moving, uh, I, I, I saw someone made a tweet uh, that I responded to actually that said like the average amount of homes that people live in is something like 11 <laughs> over the course of their life. I'm at like, well, probably both yeah, of us yeah, yeah, are yeah. like 30 or something. <laughs> so, so, so someone tweeted saying they say an average person lives in 11 homes in their lifetime. And I'm currently at depending on how you look at it, either, either like uh, 13 or 16. Yeah. If, if you want to count like the different rooms in the dorm I lived in or. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, 
I think when trying to fall asleep one night, I counted them for myself and it was some crazy number. Um, I mean, I, we move ridiculously. Like even since we've come to the States, I've lived in, I think I'm on place number six in seven years as someone with a, with two kids and, and a, a job that hasn't changed or has changed yeah, yeah. once, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But both, both the job and apartment that I have right now is, is the longest I've ever been sta- stationary since like, uh, your parents' house or one of your parents' so, houses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, How long yeah, has it been? It's like, I think I've been in the apartment for four years. Ooh. And at the job for two. Wow. That's funny that two is your max job. I've been doing, I've been switching <laughs> it up every four or five years for job. Um, we were in, when we had moved into our Bothell, Washington uh, house, we were there for three and a half years. And that was I think by far the longest for us. Well, it's like I, I work in, uh, I worked in the film industry and yeah, uh, my wife's an animator too. So it's like, it's a Contact. animation is an industry that is not known for hiring people long-term. So mm-hmm. when you have two people there, it's like I've had options where I could have stayed put longer. And my wife said options where she could have stayed put longer, but the other person had an offer come up that we decided to jump on. So it's like we just switched stuff up. And yep. I, the, the, the people who are, are just like have stayed in their hometown their whole lives, it, it's just inconceivable to me. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't, I was destined, I think both of us were destined to leave our small hometowns. Um, but like even people who grew up in like, I don't know, Toronto or Vancouver or something. And they've never lived anywhere else. Yeah. They've never lived anywhere else. Like, again, I'm not looking down on those people at all. Totally zero. But just for me personally, like, I think I've always like traveling somewhere for a week and taking pictures of yourself in front of all the pretty buildings or whatever is very different than like living somewhere else. And so I feel quite happy to have moved around, uh, and lived in all these different places. Certainly, uh, I've had a couple CRTs fall victim to the whole, I'm moving. I need to get rid of this <laughs> yeah. uh, situation, which is unfortunate. But but that's definitely what it was for me. Is like when I moved from Toronto to Australia, I was like, okay, I can't bring take CRT. everything with me. I can't afford a larger storage unit than I'm going to rent. As I got to get rid of stuff, so I got rid of the CRTs, got rid of the uh, NES, PlayStation One, I think, uh, Super NES. Um, and, and like all the games and cables that went with it. And, and it's kind of a weird thing. Like if you want to plug a Nintendo and a Super Nintendo and a, like a Genesis and a PlayStation 1 all into a TV, it's like you've got, a, you've got so many cables <laughs> that you have to wrangle to, to make that happen. And Yep. <laughs> the biggest, <laughs> to me, the challenge, like it's, it's not the end of the world to have a setup that effectively hides cables, I guess. Um, it can be difficult depending on what you have, but if you like specifically hunt down furniture that maybe has like some sort of back hidden compartment yeah. or something and you get all the like cable clips, it's okay. Problem again for me, I, two things. First of all, um, I have enough systems that if I go all out and set them all out, like whatever system is farthest from the TV, <laughs> you're going to have to like have some sort of extender or something. Like I can't have everything proximate to where the cables need to go. It's just impossible. <laughs> it is just impossible. And trying to have that situation 
and like effectively hide the cables. Like sometimes I can run the cable kind of in front of everything else and it'll reach. And so I, maybe I do that or I, I don't do that, but I like, I'll, I'll leave it unplugged and rolled up But whenever I want to play that system, that's what I do. And so depending on what stage of use everything's in, it's like the cable situation is different. That's um, also a thing where like, for me, it's like I'm cheap. And so I don't get things with automatic switching in it. I get stuff where there's a physical switch that I have to use to toggle between the different systems. And Yep, I have those. <laughs> you have like a few of them run through each other and you need to yeah. have like graph paper, like the combination that works for whatever system yeah. specifically or you label it, yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I've honestly got that even right now just at my computer because I have three monitors um, and those are all just kind of stationary. But then in one of the moder monitors, I have the decision between whether it's receiving a signal from uh, my computer or if it's receiving stuff from a game console. Hmm. And uh, like last week, I when I was trying to figure out my PlayStation 2 and whether that worked, I had my PlayStation 3, my PlayStation 2, 3, and 5 all plugged into this thing. And, and so it's like I have to manually switch what they're uh, being plugged into because... I've actually got them plugged into a capture card on my computer. Okay, and there's yeah. like some sort of copyright signal or something where it's like you can't do that directly. Mm -hmm. It has to be plugged into a, a signal splitter first. So that's this the consoles go into a signal splitter, which go into my computer, and then that outputs something. Uh, I. I I guess I've got a toggle so that I can get a signal directly from that to my monitor or from my computer to my monitor. So then I have like a physical switch on that as well. So it's like there's two two spots that I have to make a switch if I want to play something on my computer. Are they both within reach? Like that's the challenge to me with the older consoles, having them set up everywhere. Is like whenever I want to set up a console, I have to go press all these buttons and like yank these cables around. Like it's not like I could just reach over and yeah. do it. Yeah. One's in reach from at my chair and one's not in reach from at my chair. So it's like if I'm going between my computer and the PlayStation, I only have to toggle the one that's mm -hmm. within reach. But if I'm going from PlayStation 3 to PlayStation 5, I have to go to the one that's not in reach. Gotcha. 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 Yeah. I. You might remember the game room I had a long time ago where everything was set up. I mean, recently I've been... I don't know, I just like a cleaner setup. So I'll usually have like one or two systems. And then uh, if I want to play something, I'll just like literally put that system away and then pull out a different system. Yeah. Um, it works a lot better for me, especially like back in the day when I had like the, the uh, Sega Master System and the Sega Genesis set up beside each other. And it's like, they just gather dust, right? How often do I play them? Occasionally yeah. just for fun, but like they can basically stay in a, in a drawer somewhere. It's not really a big deal. So uh, I've basically solved my cable problem that way for the most part. Right. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a, an Atari hooked up to my uh, TV, and that's kind of the same way. That's actually using like the old. No, it's it's one of the. Um, I was gonna the say reissue things. Yeah, those are a challenge it, to hook up those old ones. But but it's it's still using that old style connection, like not even the yellow, white, and red, but like there's like a needle and something you have to screw. Wow. Uh, so it's, it's, it's fun playing that because like there's totally these weird little signal glitches and stuff that are happening as a result of yeah. that connection type. 
I love that that's fun. I mean, if you look, if you tried to get, like, I'm talking about the fidelity of, of recreating the experience or whatever, if you tried to, like, push for that for Atari, I mean, man, I don't know. Like, I wasn't there in the 70s or whatever, but to me, every single Atari setup I've looked at just looks terrible, like when, like, the actual captured uh, uh, video yeah. signal or whatever. Yeah. You'd probably have to, uh, like, introduce some something, distortion or something, significant amount yeah. of like fuzz or something well that well that's the fun thing is because I, I think the system itself has the yellow white and mm. uh, red connection but my tv doesn't because it's too modern but it has but, the cable <laughs> but it has the Coax. cable input because of course people are going to buy cable yeah right yeah that's funny. so but it, but it's fun that that little uh, conversion box that goes from the downgrades i guess from the the three to the one is uh it introduces just enough garbage into it that it's it's actually kind of fun to to play that even though it's such terrible games. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Um, just while we're talking about cables, it reminded me of something. My CRT actually, um, I it the the sound started to fail weirdly. I don't really know what's going on actually, but the when I turn the TV on, there's this weird like fuzz coming out of the speaker at a pretty consistent yeah. frequency too. It's like, and it's like incredibly annoying. Like if you blast the volume, you can maybe drown it out and it's a consistent volume. So it's, it, it's definitely coming out of the speaker, but it sounds like some sort of electrical interference or something. Um, I just pretend to be an electrical engineer, so I don't actually know, but the, uh, <laughs> the, the thing is if you, if you mute the TV or if you put the volume all the way down, um, like, there must be something in the TV that says, okay, the speaker doesn't need to be active. I'm just going to literally shut it off. And so yeah. that sound goes away. If you have any volume at all on, it's a, it itself is a consistent volume. So like if you blast it, you still get the same volume of if it's like one bar of volume, it's still that same level of volume for the distorted noise that comes out of it. So anyway, I'm able to mute it and get rid of the noise. And so I thought, all right, well, this is, this is okay. I'll just buy a speaker that takes the red and white input and plug this yeah. like the old system directly into that instead and so i bought this speaker which is decent and i was like looking forward to it arriving when it arrived it doesn't have like it, it advertised itself as like having rca input um right and when it came it doesn't have that it takes like um what's that thing just like the normal mic input but it comes with a little converter thing that converts to that from the red and white right and so it's I'm gonna... betting that does the same thing Yes, but it's a male <laughs> connector, and so right. I have two. Like I, can't, it's two male connectors. But since I have, from when I had all the systems set up, I have the box to convert them. Like it takes input, and then you select where whatever right. input you want to go to the output. Um, I don't have a direct converter. I could buy one, I guess, but I, I had that box, and so I have the Super Nintendo right now. The video signal goes directly to the TV. The audio signal goes into a switch box. And it's the only input connected to it. And then the output of that goes to this external speaker. And it's this mess of wires everywhere. But it works. It works. It works wonderfully. So <laughs> I am satisfied with it for now. Yeah, it's it's a whole other world when you start getting into audio and stuff too. Because yeah. there's like... I mean, my, my setup for recording on my computer is weird. Because I've got like headphones that are connected via usb 
but then I've also got an external sound card that I use for like my microphone and if I were to plug my guitar or anything in. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's like, I've got a separate USB connection to that, that I've got like these big, huge cables plugged into, but in the past I've not necessarily been recording with like a professional mic. So then I've had to get like adapters for the microphones. Like, so I've, I've done some streaming with my kid and, and so my setup is I've got, um, a, a, a video capture card that's attached to my computer. I can't like move it around. It's not external. It's, it's in my mm -hmm. tower. So I run like a 25 foot HDMI cable from that to the little, uh, um, signal splitter that I was telling you about earlier. Mm -hmm. And so then I've got one signal going to my computer, one signal going to the TV. And then we've got into my uh, USB sound card, my microphone. So I've got like a, a 30 foot long <laughs> cable that goes from that out into the living room. And then it, that has a splitter so that I can have uh, a lapel mic on my kid and a lapel mic on myself at the same time. <laughs> Sounds like you're the one with the cable nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> And and then like depending on what we're doing, it's like there have been times where I've wanted to play a computer game out there too. So then I like have to change the HDMI cable so that it's like outputting the signal from my computer. But then I've also got like a super long USB cable so that we can have our controller from my computer because it's like I'd, I'd rather have this long cable stretching across the apartment temporarily than like unplug my computer and re locate that and stuff no that makes total sense i mean i've basically done the same thing not in my current uh apartment but i've had that setup situation uh always fun <laughs> I, I it's like every now and then i'll go to these like home theater pc forums or whatever and, and people will show off these elaborate setups they've got where they've got everything looking wireless like the cables mm -hmm. go into their walls yeah. and then into their tv from there and stuff and it's just like i can't imagine ever having that set up because to me then it like completely eliminates your option to like have a computer in one room and uh, i don't know it's like this this is for the people who are watching movies not who are playing video games yeah yeah I don't know. I think for me too, like I, I kind of, I was looking into that when we had the house in Bothell and like, it's just enough of a hassle. I didn't want to do anything like that. Uh, and then like, plus moving all the time, like I, there's a certain amount of effort I'm willing to put into my setup, knowing that it's inevitably going to be temporary. Yeah. Um, and so that, that's another place where I start to tolerate wires everywhere. Problem is I've been doing it my whole life. So I feel like if I ever, find some sort of permanent settlement or something like what I'm, I'm still probably like, it's just, that's what I know now. So I don't know if I go all the way and like, like put some effort into extra effort into cable hiding beyond what I've done. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> I, I think that's a, about a wrap for the, a day. We didn't even talk about disc rot. Disc. Oh man. <laughs> well, you you know what? To to be fair, that's that's like a a, a session all on its own. Indeed, we talk about uh, collecting, which is in yeah, indeed its own session. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, maybe maybe that'll be our focus next time is uh, the the preservation of games. Sounds good. All right, man. Well, time for me to go back to bed.
<laughs> All right, time for me to get breakfast. <laughs> cool. All right. Till next time. <laughs>